Welcome to a brand new episode of Millennial Myths. I'm Samantha Rank, a college student at Penn State University. Something my friends and I realized is there's always so much political news out there, it's sometimes difficult to figure out what's true and what's not. Throughout this podcast, I'll be exploring some political topics and separating fact from fiction with the help of personal stories, expert analysis, and much more. Our topic for today is the gender wage gap. The push to close the gender wage gap has become a major leftist goal. There's even an equal pay day that was held on April 2nd. To celebrate the day, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand appeared on MSNBC to discuss the topic. Here's what the senator had to say. Uh, We still, as a country, are struggling to value women, and we see it across the board. Uh, We don't have equal pay for equal work, and if you're a woman of color, uh, you will learn even less. Um, The fact that we don't have national paid leave or affordable daycare or universal pre-K, basic structural changes that would make it possible for more women to work at their fullest economic potential, it's a drag on the U.S. economy. Not paying women equal pay for equal work means the economy is less strong. It means that for 40% of the workplace, they're not actually earning what they would be earning if they were a white man. Uh, It's a problem. It's a real issue. And so we as legislators and you as an advocate and someone who reveals the truth in the news, we have to keep speaking out about it because it's just not right. And it's hurting the U.S. economy. Despite what many leftist politicians say, do Americans really believe a gender wage gap exists? I recently asked people around Washington, D.C. their opinion on the gender wage gap, what should be done if one exists, and any other opinions they might have. Let's take a listen. Do you believe a gender wage gap exists? Uh, I believe it exists. I believe it is exaggerated, um, especially by the major medias. I don't think it's, I think the main statistics like 77 cents on the dollar. I don't think it's that big, but I think it exists. It's much smaller though. Do you believe a gender wage gap exists? Yes, for sure. I think that because it's still a very patriarchal society, it's not going to be changed anytime soon, which is unfortunate. Do you believe a gender wage gap exists? I do think it exists, but not to the extent that people argue. People need to start fighting for each other instead of just for their own causes. Now in Congress, it's about 25% women, whereas like 20 years ago, it was like 10. So I think once those two curves start to diverge, we will have more success in getting equality for all people. Do you think men and women make different career choices that cause the pay gap? Um, not intentionally. Uh, yeah, women and men do make different career choices just based on their interests. That's not to say that there should be a pay gap within the fields, but women more, more, more often go into fields that pay less than men, so I think they're that causes part of it. I don't think. um, I know a lot of women in a lot of more powerful positions than men, but it is sort of ingrained in our society that women have certain roles and men have other roles. But luckily, these days, that's sort of being fought more. Yeah, I think there's also has to do with the risk associated with various jobs. I think men tend to go to more life-threatening jobs or risky jobs. So, yeah, I guess that is a difference. Um, So I think In general, yes, women are expected to perform roles that are not as funded, I guess, as male traditional roles, Um, but that is changing. There were certainly some varying responses there and ones we will discuss further after we take a short break. 
When we return, Romina Bacha of the Heritage Foundation will join me. Do you own an Amazon Echo? You can now get the Daily Signal podcast every day as part of your daily Alexa flash briefing. It's easy to do. Just open your Amazon Alexa app, go to settings, and select flash briefing. From there, you can search for the Daily Signal podcast and add it to your flash briefing so you can stay up to date with the top news of the day that the liberal media isn't covering. I am now joined by Romina Bacha, a leading fiscal and economic expert at the Heritage Foundation. Romina, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. It seems that every article I read includes statistic after statistic about men being paid more than women. A Forbes article titled Eight Unbelievable Gender Pay Gap Statistics from Top Athletes, Actors, and CEOs was written a little bit under a year ago and claims that zero female athletes appear in the list of the 100 highest earning athletes and the 10 highest paid female athletes combined earn less than the top male athletes, along with other pretty shocking claims. How do you react to some of these headlines? Whenever you see headlines like this, it's important to be skeptical and realize that humans are prone to react more strongly to negative information and to pessimism. And these newspapers are trying to get people to click on their stories and to read their stories. But what you don't see as often are headlines like unmarried, college-educated women living in urban areas earn more than their male counterparts, which also happens to be the case. But that's good news. That seems to contradict the victimhood mentality that women are somehow discriminated in, in, in big ways in our society. And so you don't see those headlines as much. But you should look at them critically, ask some questions, and not just go by the headline, but look at the story and see what else you can find about that claim. Because, for example, right now, a lot of people are thinking about the uh, female soccer team winning the World Cup hurrah to them. I thought they played great games and that there's a gender wage gap between them and the male soccer team. But once you look a little more closely, you find that the U.S. male soccer team brings in a lot more revenue than the uh, female soccer team. So that explains part of the gap. They're just more highly valued in the marketplace. Uh, But then also the female soccer team has actually negotiated a very different compensation package. They get part of their compensation in the form of base pay, not just performance pay. So they get paid whether they win or lose. That's different. The men only get the performance pay. And they've negotiated generous benefits like paid leave and more generous health benefits. All of that factors in to what they get paid. Those are all things that we need to consider when looking at headlines like these. Can you explain what a gender choice gap is and why it is so important to make that clear difference between the gender wage gap and the gender choice gap? Yeah, the so-called gender wage gap is an exercise of misleading or, if you will, lying with simple statistics because it doesn't account for any of the factors that explain pay differences that are related to different choices that people make or different backgrounds that people have. So once you account for factors like education, hours worked, occupational choices, Um, compensation package, how much are you getting in terms of cash wages versus uh, benefits, you find that the gender wage gap all but disappears. And it is also closing because 
you see now that、uh, women are more likely than men to have college degrees of all levels, all the way to PhDs. And so, as younger women are joining the workforce in droves, you see the gender wage gap shifting. But most of the current gap is a result of choices that women make, and those are choices that we should celebrate. The fact that、uh, many women、uh, choose to have families and spend some time staying home raising their children by choice—that's not always something that they have to do. And a Gallup poll showed that 70% of working mothers said that a flexible schedule is extremely important to them. So if employers can accommodate that, the women can cut back on some hours, still stay connected to the workforce. They're often very willing to trade less pay for more time, more valuable time with their family. While men, in the same Gallup poll, were 30% more likely to say that having a higher-paying job was extremely important to them. Sometimes those are、uh, traditional gender roles that people assume, but if they do so voluntarily and、uh, in accordance of, with their free choice, then that's something we should celebrate. It's not a sign of、uh, victimhood, but it's a sign of free people being able to make choices in our society. And speaking of victimhood, do you think the gender wage gap is another example of this victimhood mentality that we see commonly pushed by the left? Absolutely, because what are politicians selling? I'm here to help you, but before a politician can help you, they first have to convince you that you need them, that there's something wrong in society that's hurting you. In this case,、uh, structural discrimination and oppression against women, and so vote for me, and I will fix the problem. What's actually the case is that women hold all the cards; they have all the power to negotiate their value. And earn their worth. They are、uh, valuable contributors in society. I already mentioned they earn more college degrees now than men. So we're already seeing a shift in our economy in this way. And、uh, a woman、uh, can negotiate、uh, as long as there aren't regulations in her way. The kind of pay and compensation package that、uh, works best for her and to make the life that she wants for herself, especially if she's planning to have a family. To be able to to make those choices, so she's not a victim in that sense, but she is a an empowered agent, controlling her own life, and that's really hard to sell as a politician. You have all the power; you're empowered, and so that's I think that's where that narrative comes from. How can we as conservatives do a better job disproving this myth of unequal pay and spread awareness about the truth? I think it's important to talk to people, just like you went out on the street and you asked people what they thought of it, and to analyze what's really going on here, and taking a closer look at the data and also at the motivations of the media and of politicians that keep、uh, spreading this false narrative that women are oppressed when, in fact, they're、uh, extremely empowered. And so, shedding light on that, making sure that people know that. There is that motivation, and then start asking questions about what's really going on. I think is powerful. Also, highlighting ways that public policy can enable more flexible work environments that meet the needs of both men and women,、um, including, for example, allowing employers of hourly wage workers to offer them compensation in the form of paid time off. Um, rather than having to pay them overtime, depending on how the worker would like to receive that compensation, 
that is a uh, regulation that harms uh, women who perhaps would like to trade some paid leave for some overtime. And we should get rid of rules like that that make it difficult for people to organize their lives in ways that are most effective for them. Also, realizing that many regulations are driving up the cost of childcare and are making it unaffordable for many families to be able to afford childcare, that is going to be so much more effective, reducing those regulations so that um, families can have access to affordable childcare. Then families can make choices and women can choose if they want to go back to the workforce sooner or later, depending on what they prefer. But when childcare is too expensive and they can't earn enough to make that economical for them, then that's a barrier that public policy has put in the way that we should eliminate. So identifying those kinds of solutions that are win-wins and continuing to spread knowledge about what's actually going on and celebrating and highlighting the choices that women make, that they're not victims, but that they're really empowered agents of their own lives. Well, that just about wraps up this week's episode of Millennial Myths. Romina, thank you so much for joining me. Be sure to tune in next week for a conversation about Medicare for All. Have a great week. Millennial Myths is executive produced by Samantha Rank. Script edited by Lauren Evans and Daniel Davis. Sound design by Samantha Rank. For more information, visit heritage.org.